Somewhere in Hell's Kitchen, there's a lawyer named Matt Murdock. And he works with his friend Foggy and a woman who's named Karen. At a law firm called Nelson and Murdock, where they help people find justice. But Matt's got a secret at night, he becomes a vigilante. Even though he's blind, he's got these super senses and the training. To beat up the nasty bad guys who are ruining Hell's Kitchen. Matt, he loves his home so much that he puts on his armored costume and pretends that he's the devil as he smashes in their faces he's called daredevil There's a guy named Frank who's shooting people. That guy's crazy. And then Metal Flammer Electro gestures are from out of nowhere. Welcome to the Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. Is that you? I'm yeah. Mel. <laughs> <laughs> How quickly <laughs> you forget. <laughs> <laughs> Mel, Mel, you've dropped the ball this week. What's going on? Uh, I'm just, my identity feels confused today because... Uh, because my alter ego reappeared. <laughs> Your alter ego is in this episode, so you're excited. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, and we have a special guest this week. Uh, we put a little shout out from Defenders Tower this week for a guest, as our um, guest Illyria had to cancel. And um, Megan answered the call on Twitter. So it does work, guys. Um, so we yes. are very happy to welcome Megan to the podcast. We're going to give you applause. Yay! Hello. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hi, welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, I have I have two questions to ask you, Megan, before we start. Yeah. One is, um, we discussed it briefly before before um, the other guys joined us. You are not a newbie to Daredevil. You have seen the whole of season two, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. All the way through. Didn't binge, like, the first season. First season was totally binge city, but <laughs> second season, oh, real life got in the way, so... Yeah. yeah, that's the way it is. Yeah. So me and me and you will be winking at each other a lot um, when stuff happens yep. in this episode and going, wink, oh, yes. <laughs> I have my wink bell ready for if I wink later. Um, and the other question I have to ask is um, you, your profile picture on Skype is you standing with a certain person by the name of Charlie Cox. Can you yes. tell us a little bit about um, this photo? Uh, this photo, it was chaos in the lobby. Oh, my God, there were so many of us fans surrounding <laughs> him. <laughs> and uh, the lobby's quite small. It's an off-Broadway theater, so it's not like, you know, your major music where musicals happen. Mm -hmm. So it's, I mean, I've worked at a regional theater, so I know how it is. But um, <laughs> people are coming at him from all sides. I felt so sorry for him, but... <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, we just briefly talked, and I told him that he should be the 13th Doctor, and he got all humble, and <laughs> not after David Tennant, and I'm like, yes, after David Tennant. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he signed my playbill, and we took a picture. So oh, that's awesome. I, uh, yeah. If, if yeah, he saw, like, everyone, like, coming towards him, all the fans, um, he might get into, like, Daredevil mode and think they're all ninjas and start fighting them off. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been funny. <laughs> Can you... Curious, what were you guys there to see? Yeah. Oh, his uh, play, Incognito. Oh, I never heard of it. Yeah, he he's in it. Um, Geneva Carr, um, Heather Lind, if you watch Turn on AMC, she's in it. And Morgan Turn, Spe Washington Spies. 
Yep. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So it's a it's a play that uh, Nick Payne wrote. He wrote also wrote Constellations. Okay. So he's a British playwright who mm-hmm. brought his play to New York. So. Also. It's funny that the guy that plays Daredevil is in a uh, play called Incognito. Mm, right. <laughs> I was saying to Megan before as well, it must be such a nice like break for him from just doing Daredevil pretty solid for like two years, just to be able to, to take a break and, and do this play before they get into filming um, Defenders later on this year. Yeah, he said if he didn't get to do theater again, he probably would never happen, so... Yeah. Mm. That seems to be the way for a lot of actors, you know, they get the money from TV, but every so often they, they need a break to, to do some theatre, because I know that's what, like, Hugh Jackman said as well. Like, he does all these blockbusters, and they give him, you know, money for that, and that means that he can, you know, take a year out to do The Boy from Oz on Broadway, um, that kind of thing. Cool. So, um, I have a few little bits of news. There's nothing really that exciting for this week, though, guys, but um, a few little bits. Oh, go on. I was just going to say, I, I finally saw X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, what did you think without spoilers, Robin? Um, how many Zs can I uh, say out loud? How many Zs? <laughs> so would you would you put it where I put it? Would you put it above Batman v Superman but below Civil War? I know that is a big Oh, a big absolutely, gap. yeah. It is definitely mediocre. <laughs> oh, I will say... Um, uh, it's, oh, it's mediocre. Yeah, I, I agree, and I was I was shocked on Facebook this morning um, that Will Simpson from Jessica Jones and Will Will um, Travell had put that he thought that X Men Apocalypse was better than Civil War. I was like oh, controversial. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's what I told him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I, you know, I, I I don't agree. I don't think Civil War was perfect, but. Uh, yeah, I think it was better than uh, X Men ah, Apocalypse. But it was entertaining. It was. It had many fights. It had lots of laughs. It, it, mm-hmm. Like every. I literally. I, okay. Okay. I hate making noise in the theater. And I had this bag of M and M's, and I was like, next action scene that happens, I'm going to open up this bag of M and M's so I don't bother anybody. And I waited for so <laughs> long. Oh my god. Just one scene after the other of like, you know, we're on the good guy's side. Well, how do we beat Apocalypse? Well, blah, 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 blah. let's go find this person. Okay. And, and they go to Apocalypse's side and he's like, I want to destroy the world and blah, 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 blah. Well, what are we going to get that started in a minute? <laughs> yeah. It, it felt very <laughs> much to me like it, it, particularly with Magneto, it, and I, I don't want to go into spoilers, but it felt like it really <sighs> retrod the same ground as the, as First Class and Days of Future Past. Like they just did the same little mini character arc with him from the the last two films, which really sucks because if you're going to have this new timeline established by Days of Future Past, um, they did do some things different with some of the characters, then do something different with him. But it just, I, I think it's a waste of of Michael Fassbender, um, yeah, which is a, sh- a shame. He's, in, he's awesome. <laughs> he yeah, but have it's a lot to do. he's got nothing to do. But you know, well, uh, especially in the end. This is some news that we definitely have discussed previously. When there was the the news, obviously, and we were discussing about the new Spider-Man film coming out, um, and I think Matt and Robin, you both brought up the 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 idea of is there a chance that it would be Miles Morales featured in it instead of Peter Parker, who is like the other Spider-Man? Um, it's been confirmed that the um, animated movie that Sony are releasing in 2018, which is an animated Spider-Man movie 
will be Miles Morales. And it's going to be released in theatres. So at least there will be a theatrical film with Miles Morales, although it will be animated. But I mean, that's... why people get that. Yeah, that's that's something. I'm I'm really glad we're getting that as well. I think that'll be really cool. Maybe we can stop the uh, the constant like, well, why why can't it be Miles Morales in the Spider-Man movie rather than Peter Parker? I'm like, because Peter Parker is a character I know, and Miles Morales is not. <laughs> that's all it is. I think it's the name as no. well. <laughs> you know, it would be so nice to have something different, though. This mm-hmm. is why I have mm-hmm. such a problem with these superhero movies. They just mm-hmm. keep rehashing the same shit over and over again. Mm-hmm. I think it wouldn't be so bad if we hadn't had Spider-Man's origin, you know, so many times in the last 10 years. But I can understand why they're doing it, because you've got, um, you know, in the Avengers, when you have Avengers Infinity War, it's all like the original, well, apart from um, Ant-Man, it's the original names of the characters that everyone knows. And if they, you know, the the consensus, unless you're a a comic book fan, is that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, Spider-Man is Peter Parker, so... I can see why they've done it, but I'm glad we're getting a Miles Morales film because at least it will be something different. It's going to be a big a Spider-Man film on the big screen, but it's going to be something different. So, you know, we'll see. I think the I think the animated movies are always so much more interesting than the live action ones to me. Well, hopefully they can do some cool stuff that they can't do in the live action films, particularly with a character like Spider-Man. I mean, I'm kind of looking forward to that uh, yeah, to see what they do. Yeah, Spider-Kid. Uh, Spider-Kid, Spider-Pig. <laughs> I think Marvel's live action is better than their than their animated, and and the reverse is true for DC. Yeah, a lot of people Under think Red that. It's probably yeah. better most DC. Yeah, that's true. I've really enjoyed the DC animated films I've seen. I've not really liked any of the live action, but the well, apart from a couple of the, the Nolan Batmans, but um, yeah, the animated films, which I was forced to watch in Florida um, with my Exiles co-host Brad, um, I really enjoyed uh, I think he was trying to indoctrinate me into becoming a Flash fan, which I have, so it worked. <laughs> um, uh, well, a friend of mine is trying to do that, so yeah, I know how that feels. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another piece of news. Uh, it's been confirmed this week that Mel Gibson was originally offered the role of Odin in the Thor movies and turned it down. I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Not that Ant- I mean, Anthony Hopkins kind of in some scenes literally like sleeps his way through that role because you know in the whole bit of it it's like oh he's in the odin sleep and it's just anthony hopkins asleep but like oh he's sleeping now yeah it's like okay but he has some kind of gravitas i just can't see mel gibson in that role whatsoever Mel Gibson I, just sleeping on, on screen. Well, just, and also the actor now, it's one of those things, the actor has so much baggage from real life. Yeah. Right, it's, right. you know, yeah. If he keep I, I his mouth shut, played, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> if, I hate to play the devil's advocate, but... Actually, the daredevil's um, advocate. I, I, think, I think Mel Gibson would have been a lot more interesting, though, uh, as Odin. He would have mm. brought something different to the role like many people want people to apparently do we have to have our heroes be different than other what what the, what the norm is anthony hopkins same old same old brought the sleepy old old guys to the role yeah. where mel gibson might have you know set possibly off a, you know, did a couple of winks at the camera spiced, or something <laughs> spiced it up a bit i would have preferred yeah, yeah. someone like um who might have actually liked, because I just really think it feels like Anthony Hopkins just doesn't give a crap. And I, th- I I would like to see someone who had a bit of edge to them, like like Charles Dance or someone like that. I think he oh, could have been awesome as Odin, you know? Yeah. And 
I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I always, he always just pops into my head as Odin. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, he would be cool. Let's just go way out of the, the, uh, the realm of possibility and go, Jim Carrey as Odin. Jim Carrey as Odin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Let's go in there. Woo, <laughs> Oh, that would, that would be something. Um, he good as Riddler, but I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Was he good as Riddler? I think I look back on that film with rose tinted glasses because I haven't seen it since, and I think. Yeah. Two more bits of news. One is that um, doesn't relate to Daredevil. One of them does, I swear. Um, so the uh, the first issue of the new Captain America um, comic book um, series has come out this week, and the big news is that it has been revealed. That in the comics, that Captain America has been a sleeper Hydra agent since he was a young boy. And predictably, the craziness has hit the fan. Even Chris Evans (laughs) went on Twitter and just wrote, Hydra! (laughs) Like... (laughs) question so even he's like what the hell and apparently the creators yeah chris evans is like what and apparently the creators have confirmed that it's not like a clone or a a robot captain or anything this this is it so i'm assuming there's going to be some twist coming up but yeah lots of people are very upset about this I hope so. Clark Gregg was like, no, no, it can't be. <laughs> on Twitter, and I'm like, no! <laughs> and I think there was just the panel of, like, Captain America going, hail Hydra, and everyone was like, no! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I had to mention that because that's been everywhere this week. And then the last bit of news um, is that apparently the the last finale, I think it was for season four of Arrow, um, obviously a, a DC property, um, fans were so upset with what happened in it. And I don't watch Arrow, so I have no idea what happened in it. Um, but fans were so upset that they um, went into the Arrow subreddit and redirected it to the forum to Daredevil and pasted the Daredevil logo <laughs> over the Arrow logo. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, so they... no, I heard that too. I, I have yet to finish the season, and I actually asked somebody who was talking to me about it at this wedding I was at yesterday. Uh, I know he's an Arrow fan. He was like, "Oh, that finale was awesome. I don't understand." So I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing for myself. But that is crazy. Yeah, I, I have no <laughs> like. I haven't seen it. It's all, all a, you know, a, you know, a flutter because you know people don't like the pairing with whoever he's with on the show and the oh, freaking Felicity. out. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. They probably yeah. broke down finally and were like, you know what? Felicity's going to be Arrow from now on. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> right. Well, let's get into the episode, shall we, guys? This week, we're doing episode 11. We've only got two episodes left. Um, oh, no. ah! And it's episode 380 or point three eighty or whatever I said last week, because I have no knowledge about gun terms or whatever. Either. So 380, written by Mark Verheiden and directed by the awesome Steven Sergic, who also directed in Daredevil Season 1 and Jessica Jones. And I'm really hoping he's going to do Luke Cage and Iron Fist as well. Um, so we start off with straight where we left off with ninjas climbing the walls of the hospital. Um, Claire and Louisa are confronted by the ninjas um, and Louisa is sadly killed. And then Daredevil comes to the rescue. 
That was a crazy amount of primal screams coming out of Claire's mouth. <laughs> well, she thought she oh, was going to buy it there. Yeah. yeah. She was, like, really letting it out. Like, I like how the... It was kind of, like, it almost seemed like she was doing, like, a cathartic thing. Like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> What would you do, though, Mel, if you saw ninjas suddenly attacking you? Or what, what do you do in life when you see that? What do I do? Yeah. I don't know. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> she says, I will continue painting and pretend things going on. Yeah. yeah exactly. like a... <laughs> I'll just hide in my, in my hidey hole and just paint a bunch of flowery trees. <laughs> I like how the previous episode set up this big rooftop top battle, but it didn't happen at all. He's like, he just ended up being in the complete wrongs wrong spot <laughs> yeah. yeah intercept these ninjas <laughs> but he manages to swing down and save claire as she's put she's pushed out the window and this was in the trailer which was kind of you know some of the things they reveal in the trailer you're like i wish they didn't reveal that because you can clearly tell from the trailer it was claire because she was wearing the scrubs um yeah. but i was excited because it's one of the few times we get to see daredevil kind of swinging from something which is what he does yeah. is the main way he gets yeah. around in the comics he kind of swings around like Spider-Man rather than in the show it's more parkour. So I was like, yeah! So I cheered at that. <laughs> he came at, came at one of the ninjas with the IV pole, I was like, yeah! Yeah, that was badass. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, are probably yeah. like the lowest art form, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I just love seeing that ninja just slowly trying to open the window and, that, and then Claire finally knocks him out. Yeah! I was like... <laughs> He's like, no one sees me, no one sees me. Ah! I think I wrote in my notes something like crouching ninja hidden dragon because he's like crouching in the window. <laughs> oh, <that's a> good <laughs> one. Um, I should say as well, the actress who plays Louisa the nurse, uh, she was interviewed this past week um, by a uh, previous guest of the show, um, Colgett. And on his uh, website, which is manwithoutfear.com, you can read the interview. I haven't actually read it myself yet, but I know he interviewed her, which is pretty cool. Um I don't know why I really got the giggles at Matt running up the fire escape. I don't know why it just seems such a a mundane thing, you know? Like the ninjas <laughs> like have got their ropes, like and a... he's just like <laughs> running up the thing. It yeah. seemed like he was doing a Rocky workout. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone should edit it with the music. That'd be great. <laughs> you know somebody will. Oh yeah, it'd be like do 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 This is very tropey, but I always think it's badass when it happens. Is uh just going back a little bit where like he comes in and the ninjas are about to attack and he just kind of comes in and he stands there for a minute. He's like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I'm like, yeah, get him. And he's running after the ninjas cause they kidnapped the kids. So the ki- and the kids want to go with the ninjas. It's so creepy. Yeah, like we yeah. obviously yeah. saw from last week and he gets stopped by steam. <laughs> he's like, Oh no steam. And, uh, <laughs> I wanna, I'm sure I won't steal anybody's quote because nobody wrote down Daniel's quote, right? Uh, no. <laughs> can we please decipher this? He says, "Don't let him take us back down there." Yeah. Like, does he yeah. mean? Who's he talking? He, to? Yeah. And what, where is he talking about? I thought he meant don't let. I mean, it could be taken two ways. It could be like, don't let the ninja take us back down to the blood farm or whatever it was. Oh, I thought. But I, I took thought, it as don't let Daredevil take us back down to the hospital. Yeah, I thought maybe it was that one. Yeah. I just, down there, like, they weird... were they were mm. rescued from a place that was under a building, you know? 
whereas, you know, they were on the fifth floor of a hospital. So maybe the line would have been better, easily understood if it was just like, don't let him take us back there. Up there. Or mm. up there. Or just back to the hospital. Be specific. All right. <laughs> I don't know. It was a little unclear. And then we get the credits. And then we go back to Matt and Claire are talking in the hospital about the hand. And my first note was, I, I, I find when Claire does the reference to martyrs again, I find it just as mm, as in season one. I don't know why. I always find it a bit clunky. Um, I found I think we discussed that in season one as well. It's just I, don't, I, I just find the the writing of the comparison of Matt and a martyr. It's a bit hammering you over the head with, you know. Well, they keep doing it. Yeah, yeah I just, yeah. I, I just, I, I don't enjoy it. I don't know why. We get um, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, I don't know. If, does anybody take a quote from this scene? Because I want to read these two lines. <laughs> Robin, you have all the quotes this week. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But this sounded like she was reading from a book of quotes. The first thing she says, that candle you're burning at both ends, sooner or later it's going to fizzle out. And then there's a pot. <laughs> Matt's like, I'm fine. And then she's like, you know the problem with martyrs? The good ones end up dead. <laughs> <laughs> It's well, like, you know, Claire's had a really rough time since season one, you know, with Luke Cage and all that. She's been reading a lot of self-help books, Robin. Yeah, I know. Like, let me look, get my book, book of Proverbs out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> get self-help advice or whatever. Maybe she's going to, now that she's quit her job, she's going to, like, tour the country as a motivational speaker. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I would be motivated by whatever Rosario Dawson told me to do. <laughs> Yeah, me too. If she told you to stop being a martyr, Claire, you'd be like, okay. Pretty much. You wouldn't be like Matt Murdock. You'd actually listen to her. Yeah. (laughs) Matt doesn't listen to anyone. We know this. Yeah. (laughs) One of the things I noticed in this scene was his phone rings and we get a a, a, just a, a, a ringtone where usually every time we've heard his phone ring, it will have the caller ID, obviously, when he's playing up the sort of blind man role, but he answers as though he knows who it is. Cause we've heard it before, say mm-hmm. Foggy's name, Karen's name. Yeah. And I couldn't remember who it was when I watched this episode again, but then I was like, well, maybe he doesn't have a caller ID for Brett because it might be a bit like, well, why does a lawyer have a cop, you know, on. Right. So I thought maybe that was it. I don't remember his phone right. ever talking to right. him. Yeah. I'm right. Foggy. Foggy. <laughs> foggy. Karen. Karen. <laughs> yeah. It's in the first episode when he wakes up. Um, I think it's after, straight off the credits in the first episode. And his phone's ringing. He wakes up and it's going, Foggy. 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 <laughs> I was just sick at how he has a light on his phone. I was like, why does he need a light on his phone? <laughs> I think that just comes with the phone, Robin. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. I, you know, if I was Daredevil, I'd be like, can you t- somebody help me turn this feature off? It's draining my battery. <laughs> um, so in the next scene, uh, Brett, our old friend Brett, is taking Karen's statement at the precinct uh, regarding Frank. Um, then Matt meets her ha- outside the precinct and they discuss the blacksmith. And Karen is still pushing Matt away and Matt's being angry about everything. <laughs> Stubborn ass. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, Karen still thing thinks the, that Frank's innocent, pretty much. The thing with the 13 episodes, sometimes I feel like they're kind of treading water to push out the 13. Like, that mm-hmm. scene with Brett Mahoney, I was like, what What are we supposed to get from this? They like She, like, sits down, like, well, you got anything more for us? Nope. Okay. And then the, 
tells the officer to leave. I'm like, okay, we're going to get into some shit. And then Mahoney's just like, well, you know, pretty tough out there. And then there's like <laughs> tens of office, some officers. I'm like, couldn't we have communicated any of that just by seeing Karen coming out with a couple, two new officers to get killed? And uh, <laughs> it's the exact same thing that happened last episode. Okay, I'll send you off with two officers. Yeah. Yep. This time, it'll, it'll work for sure. These officers are yeah. Powell and Reed. Oh, we knew them for so little time. Rest in peace, Powell and Reed. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, you guys better be taking her to a bunker or someplace with no windows. Oh, it really drove me mad later when they they take her to the, um, well, in the next scene, they take her to the hotel room and then they're like, oh, if there's any issues, we'll wait outside. And then they leave and go yeah, down go in the escalator. Down. And I was like, yeah. surely there's more than one elevator per floor and or like someone could sneak up the stairs. Like, why aren't you waiting outside her room? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was kind of stupid. Powell and Reed. Um, yeah, and Matt is very, uh, <laughs> Matt is very angry that, oh yeah, <gasps> Game of Thrones, oh, so good this week. Um, uh, Matt is very angry that Karen is now working with Ellison, because this is the first he knows about that. Yeah, I know, he's like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did like that. He's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, I think, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's so, he's so angry with Karen, like, he's like, this is not a game, and all this, and... Uh, and Karen is just basically saying she doesn't want his help. Oh, actually, I wrote a note for you, Matt. When um, Karen is sitting at the table with um, Brett, now you've got me noticing the little um, poker card uh, cups, because she's got a poker card <laughs> cup, like the one from Terminator that we discussed before. <laughs> I didn't notice it this time. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm on the watch for them now because of you. Uh, yeah. So uh, Karen sneaks away from the room immediately, because, you know, this is what Karen does. And finds Frank um, waiting in Ben Urich's car. So Karen has Ben's office, job, and car. Karen is taking over Ben's life. Jeez. Next year, like when she got chased out of the hospital. I know, next but uh, next she'll get his wife. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, maybe my mommy. <laughs> Ooh, that's pretty oh. creepy. Oh. Who are you again? Oh, gee. Oh, yeah, she won't remember. Oh, that's so sad. Get a, you guys think she might get a face transplant? <laughs> oh! <laughs> Maybe. Oh, why you make face, me look please. like this man? Robin, <laughs> you're, always, you're always saying, Robin, that you want Ben Urich back in the show. That maybe Karen will actually become Ben Urich. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This, we haven't had this uh, sort of fan theory since, like, uh, it was proposed that uh, Chloe Sullivan was going to be actually Lois Lane by the end of Smallville. And, oh, no, uh, don't you mean our theory that Jack Murdoch was going to come back and become Bullseye? <laughs> oh, oh, there's that, too. <laughs> um, so Frank is uh, listening to Earth, Wind & Fire in the car. I was like, oh, that's quite cool. I wouldn't have thought he would have liked Earth, Wind & Fire, but apparently he does. Um, and they discuss they, the, the Black they came up. They came up, like, just an hour before we watched this episode just randomly. <laughs> Did we they? Watching Korra. We were watching Korra, and the, and the intro to Korra is like, Earth, fire, <laughs> air, air water. water. But Mel, Mel was like trying to go along with it, but she said it wrong. She's like, Earth, wind. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, you're thinking That's of the weird. band. And then, and then the next thing we watch has that band in it. Mel's affecting reality. Mel, what did you think of this next scene? Because it has both your favorite characters in it, Marcy and Foggy. 
Um, okay, so why is she like, hey, Foggy, are you decent? You've seen him naked. What's going on with that? <laughs> She's just that teasing him, though. I know, but, like, but are the, you decent? But the puppet has never seen him naked. Oh, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose that hands eyes. It's not a puppet. It's a foggy bear. And it's got little bandages on. It's adorable. She put little bandages on it. Aww. A little that scotch. Notice, that yeah. notice that she looks like, uh, like the lady who plays Piper in uh, Orange is the New Black. She reminds me of her, just her, her reactions and her acting and her, her eyes, even. Mm. You'll have to look next time you see her. I don't watch Orange is the New Black. Oh, never mind that. But you <laughs> also don't recognize blonde people, so... Yeah. <laughs> Recognition. <laughs> I'm blonde blind. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> oh, I really don't. Um, I think it's adorable that she bought him a, a foggy bear and bandages and some scotch, and that and she gives him a little kiss on the head and and oh, like, nice. oh, it's adorable. I love these two together. Yeah, I like them I like too. Them. Yeah, I like them together like this. Yeah. Like so when cute. she's when she's a human, I like her. <laughs> 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 like when Karen says you dated that <laughs> in the first season, yeah. I was just like okay. Yeah, I love like in the the earlier episode as well in this season where they meet up in Josie's, I think, and and she says something like, "Let's get drunk and tell each other our sad our sob stories." <laughs> like, oh, I think that I love them together. I think they're adorable. Um, so, what do you guys think is this meeting that she's going to set up regarding Foggy? Good job. What, what could it yeah, be? Where she, where she works, probably. Being a lawyer? In mm. <laughs> another place? Mm. Yeah. But, it doesn't seem anything more than that. Mm. But what if she's, like, you know, working for, you know, someone else dodgy, like she's still working for the Kingpin and doesn't know it? <laughs> Hypothetically <laughs> speaking. We'd have no idea of that. You just, you just spoiled it for us. <laughs> Damn it. Didn't she say she was working for Hogarth or something like that? So... Maybe maybe working over with Hogarth, Chow, Benowitz, and uh, Fire. (laughs) 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 So in the um, the morgue, um, it's the return of Shirley, Claire's boss, and Shirley and Claire are talking in the morgue while there is an autopsy being done on. I don't know why the autopsy is being done there on a ninja. There's just no privacy for those dead bodies. <laughs> yeah, poor ninjas. Poor dead ninjas. It's. Uh, I find it really creepy that the, the, he already has the autopsy scars, though. That's like... Whoa. Yeah. I thought he was going to wake up, come back to life. Wake yeah, me up inside! <laughs> I also like that they have to have Claire explain the autopsy procedure to the audience and the guy she's with. Oh, can you guys hear? Now oh. again. Oh, Megan, can you hear? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know what's I don't know what's happening in Canada. It's not London for once, hooray. Um, yeah, we have. I like that Claire needs to kind of explain the autopsy procedure to the guy that she's with, who clearly does autopsies, but also mainly it's for the audience. She's like, it's the wine incision. That's what you do when you do an autopsy. I just imagine the guy being like, I I know, I'm doing an autopsy right now. I really don't think she needed to explain it. I feel like the audience would know. Yeah, by looking at it. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of obvious. I don't know. It just it made if me If you're into, into cop shows and procedurals, yeah. you would 
would know that, like CSI or whatever. And if yeah. you don't know, you can Google it. Right. <laughs> exactly. This uh, is so this is so annoying. Like this is another trope that annoys me about TV shows where it's like there's something going on here that in any other situation like they would go, "Oh, what seriously? What the f- why is this guy have a why incision?" But it's but they always have to throw in this, you know, uh, suit character that comes in as like don't ma- doesn't matter what's going on. We're just going to we're going to block this because, you know, we got two more episodes to go and uh, we can't just reveal everything right now. <laughs> stall tactic yeah, yeah by the writers yeah. but we can kind of guess something's going on because we know for instance that Nobu is back somehow and at yeah. least Matt believes that Nobu was dead so and this guy he saw him burn yeah he saw him become like the little the little light in the corner like we said <laughs> <laughs> a little barbecue um <laughs> So Blake is, uh, our old friend Blake Tower, is cornered by Daredevil and questioned regarding the blacksmith. But the only lead he has is that uh, the blacksmith's biggest enemy is in Chinatown. Uh, we get another mention of Warzone, which every time that comes up, I just think of Punisher Warzone. And it makes me think of that uh, the Punisher blowing up the parkour guy with the rocket launcher, which always fills me with joy. Um, yeah, so it's like a little scene. But uh, yeah, Blake Tower's kind of running away. As you would if you when you saw what yeah, happened to Reyes. Especially when he throws the suitcase at him. Like, yeah. Like, I'm out of here. He threw it with one hand. I was like, whoa. Like yeah, backwards. Like, yeah. Yeah. So do you think we'll see Blake Tower again? Think he'll pop up again? Yeah, so the blacksmith pulls off his mask and he's like, I've been the Blakesmith all this time. <laughs> I'm the Blakesmith. <laughs> so you think he was on that boat at the end of the episode, Robin? The blacksmith was not on the boat. That was another stall tactic. We'll get to it. Well, but maybe he was stalling so the the blacksmith could leave the boat. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this is possibly my favorite favorite uh, uh, scene in the episode, which is Karen and Frank in the diner discussing blacksmith, how he moves drugs, love, and and then they get attacked and. I my first note is like Frank, you do kind of stand out with all those bruises. Why don't you at least get Karen to put some like concealer on your face? (laughs) Yeah. Although I I don't know whether they gave him like the black eyes because now they're healing. It makes his eyes look like a skull. I was like, maybe it's like a a little um, you like in the prison where you were saying you noticed the blood on his shirt was like a skull. Maybe it's for that. I don't know. It just really keep pushing that uh, Punisher symbolism. Yeah, you're going to be really surprised in episode 13 where he decides that his symbol is not a skull, it's actually a puppy, in, in honour of Juice the Devil Dog. So is so is he going to get, like, a face tattoo then? Yeah, he gets, uh, he gets a, a tattoo of um, Juice the Devil Dog tattooed on his face. I think I think him and Karen should go together. Karen gets the face transplant and he gets the face tattoo. I told you, uh, Mel, in Jessica Jones, like Will Simpson, like Nuke in the comics has an American flag tattooed on his face. Oh, yeah? They could all go together. Yeah, they could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Um, this conversation... <laughs> what? Towards the, end of, towards the end of this conversation, okay, we now have Frank on. You really should be with Matt. Like, it's is, it's is... totally cheeseball, but I love it. I'm yeah. like, oh! It was good. 
But the thing is, she's like, she's like, you don't know about him. He's the kind of guy that hurts people. You're like, not like you, but he like breaks people. And Frank's like, you really should be with a guy like that because you know you don't want to waste what you have. It's like what? But here's my question: Do you think? Because I said in the courtroom scene, the did you guys think that Frank realizes that Matt is Daredevil? Maybe he. Like when he says about with the lawyer, maybe he realizes that Frank that that Matt is Daredevil, so he kind of knows the reason for this this kind of the fact that he supposedly breaks people, like Karen said. And then when he says to him later, he's like, "No, you can't cross the line because you'll become me." Like that's I'm not saying that's the case, but it's an interesting way to look at it. Hmm. <laughs> uh, that, I don't know. It's only if she knows that she, he's he's Daredevil. Mm, maybe you know that right now. Well, well, I do, but, you know, and Megan does. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, we also find out why the episode's called 380, because Frank says that the fact that Karen carries a 380 shows that she's put thought into the gun, and it means that she knows guns. Wink. There's my wink bell. Order up. Order up. <laughs> Get me more Speaking coffee. Yeah. Order these fries. <laughs> I love how charming Frank is with this waitress. Like he can Damn. be really charming when he wants to, and like the waitress obviously likes him as well. You know what I mean? I just think, oh, I love charming Frank. I think he's adorable. It's all military, ma'am. Yeah, yes, ma'am. yeah. I love it, Miss Page. Yeah, he's so good. Like this is my favorite scene in the episode, just because Frank Ben uh, Frank Berthel, John Berthel's so good. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. My favorite is coming up when uh, Melanie shows up. <laughs> Melanie Gow. <laughs> but it did it did make me go a bit like, oh, when they're talking about holding on to the pain and I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I was like, he I like I like smooshy Punisher. How his wife broke his heart, you know, and put it back together, and she was a destroyer and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> that was, I mean, it was kind of, you know. If you can get soul searching with the Punisher, that's as yeah. far as you're gonna get. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. When he kept giving her that, or when she kept giving him the coffee, it mm-hmm. was in the uh, it was in a or- orange lid pot, which I always thought was uh, decaf. decaf. Yeah. Yep. Oh, is it? That's why yeah. he keeps asking for more, I guess. <laughs> it's just not working on me. <laughs> well, I was thinking, like, um, when it comes to the, like, attack scene, when, like, in, the, in the, um, the scene where the guys actually come in and Frank's killing those guys, I, I was thinking, oh, he must really need to pee because he drank so much coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that's just me projecting because when I drink random coffee, thoughts. I always really need to pee. I know, but these are the random thoughts that come into my brain while I watch Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> so in the next scene Daredevil arrives at Chinatown and he follows a man into a laundry um, and he takes out the goons and then he finds out that the biggest enemy of the blacksmith is <gasps> Melanie Gow awesome I love it I love it again though with the tropes like they're Chinese so they have to have a laundromat yeah <laughs> Yeah, right. Also, they're doing, like, brush paintings, which, you know, that's kind of a... I think she's painting silk, isn't she? Yeah, it's very strange. I was wondering if it was a kite. It looked like a kite. Oh, maybe it is a kite. (laughs) That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. 
Maybe she sells those as well, like heroin and kites. <laughs> That's the name of her store, heroin and kites. Heroin's hidden in the kites somewhere. Yeah. If you thought delivering heroin by uh, blind couriers was a stupid idea, look at what Madame Gao's doing in season two. <laughs> oh, amazing. I love uh, the subtitles with the Chinese. Yeah. Oh, I have them written down. That's I, I, that's one of my quotes. Yeah, my I love it. My kids at basketball, asshole. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that Madame Gao's chilling out in this like dungeon exactly. and just painting. So right. cool. Yeah. And Matt's just like la 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 la. Let me question this old lady. I don't want to hurt her, kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Oh, she's so now- awesome. She she's got supernatural powers. I remember this, but I don't remember how they were shown. Like, I think Matt what? confronted her, and she like punched him in the chest, and he flew like a yeah. thousand miles across the warehouse. Oh, yeah. And kind she, of like looked at her and was like, "Huh?" Yeah. Oh yeah, that was when he was uh, trying to get all the the blind slaves out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. the her- the heroin workers. Yeah. All right. And then he burnt the warehouse down, and then she vanished yeah right and she's uh she hinted that she's from somewhere much further away than than china Mm. Uh, (laughs) so meanwhile at the diner um the men have arrived and enter the diner and i wrote my notes frank does a hand solo and shoots first as he should which was awesome uh and karen is hiding while frank gets the info out on the blacksmith out of this guy and this scene is really really brutal like it's mm-hmm. yeah yeah when he stabs the guy and you can just hear like the stab sound effect and he stabs him like 30 times it's like mm-hmm. oh especially when he hits him in the face repeatedly oh yeah you see the gash on the side of his face it's just like he's coughing up blood and it's yeah like, his cheek is like completely split it was like oh yeah. I was totally Karen there. I was just like, oh, God, what am I doing here? <laughs> um, and we find out that the pier at 41st Street is where the, the blacksmith is kind of based. And then he tells Karen to get away from him or stay away from him. I'm really hoping to get the the guard eating lunch sitting on a chair on the side of the river. <laughs> what, oh, eating yeah. chips? Yeah, yeah. First season, yeah. Flies out of nowhere and knocks him <laughs> Knocks <laughs> him off yeah. the chair into the water. Oh. <laughs> why is it always me? I need to ask Rob Morgan about that and say, do you know anything about why that guy was just chilling there eating chips while <laughs> Daredevil's beating you? I didn't ask him last year. I have to ask him. Yeah, I'd be like, what was that all about? <laughs> um, so are you are you upset, Robin, that it looks like Karen and Frank, the epic love story, might not come to anything? After this Am episode, I the guy that thinks that that's shipping them. Is that I don't know. Thing? You ship everyone. <laughs> I, I'm bad. I, I ship Matt and Claire, so that's bad. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. uh, no, I think uh, I think the Punisher needs to be in a jail cell. <laughs> I'm, I, I think Karen would be better off not not dating somebody in a jail cell. Do you know who I think would be cute and who would be a good influence on Karen is Karen and Brett. I think they'd be a really cute couple. Yeah, they'd have lots of quiet okay. scenes just sitting together in a room padding out an episode. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I haven't seen anything from Brett to make me interested in his romantic exploits. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like Brett. I really, really, really hope that he turns up in Luke Cage, even though, from what we hear, Luke Cage is set in Harlem, so it might he might not. But I would love for him and Claire to be like the two characters that appear in every show. That would be cool. Mahoney, we're transferring you to the Harlem Precinct for an epic 13 weeks to hate. Well, just 13 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you sure you don't want me just for 10? No, we got to make it 13. You have to have it as 13. So, Robin, <laughs> in the next scene, oh, yeah. Madame Manigal and Daredevil are discussing the real threat to the city, but uh, Daredevil's like, eh, I don't want you right now, I just want information on the blacksmith. So right. talk, talk us through this scene, Robin, and why you like it so much. Uh, well, my favourite part, I would say, is when Matt decides there'll be no more painting. <laughs> he just shoves the paint on her, she's like, what the... Yeah, I remember that part. Um, No, I you know I like it when uh, a hero and a villain can sit in a room and talk with each other. I like what you know the threat that he makes against. uh, She's he's like you know call your men off, you know, and she's like why should I? Because he's like I'm gonna break their legs or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah, I just I don't know. You know that this woman is is super evil and uh probably should be taken down but unfortunately like he needs information from her um i don't know what's keeping him from just double crossing her <laughs> be like thanks for the information whoop here okay now i'm bringing you in <laughs> <laughs> we've seen that she can beat him like pretty badly with yeah. with like one punch so i don't know if he'd be That's able true. to to take her we don't know that although he has got his new armor now um yeah. She just watches him go and is like, I'll get you next time, Gadget, next time. Oh, yeah, she says some ominous <laughs> things about the path that he's taking. It's not going to be easy. And he's like, yep, I know. And that's. Oh, I love that quote. We'll, we'll get back. We'll get back. We'll, we'll be meeting up again sometimes. See you in the Defenders, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Where it's going to look really awesome when I beat you to a pulp. <laughs> why, does she, why does she even need henchmen? She can just, you know, hold because her. she wants to spend her time painting. She doesn't want to spend her time guarding her heroine. I love how she's got that she's like, got hobbies. Like her niece or her granddaughter sitting next to her, like reading a book, and she she's like, "Go tell them to, you know, go hold yeah. them off or whatever." The the little the girl just immediately like puts her book down and walks right away. <laughs> <laughs> Like her first, like, I was waiting for a, oh, mom, come on, you know, I'm getting to the good part here. Yeah, I'm reading Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, yeah. Fifty yeah. <laughs> Shades of Grey. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> so, Shirley and Claire are in the hospital. Claire, we find, has now has two strikes against her. I would have thought it would have been more, but I'm guessing it's this from this and from um, uh, the Luke Cage incident. Um they, she hears that there's going to be a cover-up to say that Louisa was killed by a junkie because the hospital re- received this big cash, donation. hush money, yeah, donation. Um, so she quits. She's like, I don't want no scrubs. Here, you can have them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think she should have quit and said, I quit, I'm going to Harlem. Wink. <laughs> For Luke Cage. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I like that they gave they had another reason to bring uh, HR person uh, Shirley back for a few more scenes. Yeah. She's, I, she's good. I like her. I, I I mean I like the fact that we have this consistency with 
you know, with her colleagues, it's not just they just get a different actress to play a admin yeah. person at the hospital. You know, they actually have the same person. I like it. Yeah. Gigantic shoulder pads. Yeah. What did you guys think about Claire quitting? Do you think this came as a surprise or it's kind of a natural progression as to where no, the character's been going? Gonna, I think she was going to do it eventually because she's getting fed up, like Matt's getting fed up, and, mm. you know. She's just that kind of person where it's just like, I can't stand this bullshit, I'm out of here, you know. And she's getting sort of deeper and deeper into involvement with the superheroes. So even though she's quits, right. you sort of right. think there's no way she's not going to end up um, being <clears throat> involved in what's happening with the these characters. So it's if she does become the character Night Nurse, who's sort of this vigilante nurse almost you know like looking after just these superheroes then this takes her a step closer to it she should move in with melvin like it'd be like a one-stop oh, shop for superheroes. that would be so cute costumes and uh sutures or something <laughs> i'm oh. be like i'm just not thinking about betsy a lot lately i'm thinking a lot <laughs> don't know why <laughs> i just want to keep her safe Oh, now, I love Melvin. Melvin and Claire. Oh, I could yeah. get behind that. Um, so, Clelvin. Clelvin. Meh. So Daredevil's watching the the piers and he um, he's listening. I like that we get this kind of sound of creaking boats, um, and then he hears gunshots. He follows the sounds uh, to this pier, um, and the Punisher starts taking out the men on the pier and finds crates and crates of heroin. And he enters the boat and finds the blacksmith, but is stopped from killing him by Daredevil. Yeah. So he hasn't oh, killed the blacksmith. I know he's lying. But what if Matt's wrong? What if he is the blacksmith? Hmm. Matt and Mel? What? <laughs> what if this guy in the boat is blacksmith? Yeah. Well, he can tell he's not. He knows when people are lying. Mm, maybe we, it's a double we, bluff. Why? Okay. How can Daredevil... <laughs> How can Daredevil know that people are lying, right? He listens to the heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And adrenaline. Like, if his adrenaline's up and it's raised and his heartbeat's going fast, that's when he's lying. How about when there's a gun, like, pretty much being pushed down your throat? Do you think your heartbeat and adrenaline might be up a little bit? It's It's a combination of things. (laughs) But also, you're talking about a show, Robin, where there are magic ninjas. (laughs) Suspension of disbelief, Robin. Don't hide behind your magic ninjas. <laughs> I will always hide behind magic ninjas. <laughs> um, I think it's, I don't know, like in this case, because obviously that would affect it. Like if someone's stressed and we, we saw from the, the fabulous Daredevil movie that it's not always perfect because when he's questioning the guy, he, you know, he finds out he's got a pacemaker, so he can't, you know, that would affect his heartbeat. Um <laughs> But I think it's a combination of things. I think it's a combination of things. I think it's like adrenaline, the heartbeat, the tone of voice. Um, I just think it's, in terms of the show, I think it's Matt being perceptive. Um, I don't know. It's one of those things you just have to go with. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, right. <laughs> he, knows, he knows the subtle differences between gun being pointed at and I'm lying. Yes. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um uh I wrote I said that this guy in my notes is Beardy Decoy. Cuz I think we find his name. Uh, Beardy Coy. Beardy Coy, yeah. 
Um, also, don't you think that Frank headbutting Daredevil would hurt Frank a lot more than it's going to hurt Daredevil, seeing as Daredevil <laughs> has horns on the front of his helmet? <laughs> I always, I always wonder that when people are punching people who have a helmet as well. Like when you're punching a guy in the head, you're going to break your hands. But yeah. Oh, I dropped a window on my hands a couple days ago. It really hurt. I was, wow. I was thinking, no. I was looking at my hands. I had like bandaged up, and I'm like, man, imagine like punching people in the face a lot for a living, you know? That happened to me when I was a kid, and I lost all my, I lost all my fingernails. Oh, Ow! who were you punching, Matt? Were you punching no, your brother? Mom, I was like trying to look at a window, and I had oh. my fingers on on the the sill, and my mom dropped the window on my fingers and crushed them all. Oh, I thought you meant man, you lost your fingernails from punching people, Matt. I was like, whoa. And then. And then uh, your mom also did that to your brother. She like well, smashed what? the car door on. <laughs> She's well, a wait, serial wait, wait. smasher. Well, well, wait. My, yeah, I'll tell that story in a sec. Like, yeah, my fingernails all turned purple, and then they started to like uh, kind of peel? peel off. Oh, I, I like the fly. Ah. They they lift they lift it off. They lift it off on one corner, and then they kind of lift it up, and then just eventually fall off. But um, yeah, and then my brother he like put his hand on a wood stove and burnt it, and she took him oh. to the hospital. And then they bandaged him up, and then when she brought him home, uh, she had him in her arms, and she slammed the car door on his burned hands. <laughs> oh! Oh, my God. <laughs> Did she do anything to your sister to make it, like, three? <laughs> no, we know we gotta make this even. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Put your hand wow. out the driveway. I'm gonna drive over your hand. I punched her in the face one time. <laughs> Whoa! My sister. <laughs> I thought you meant your mom, Matt. No, no, I'm no. getting scared. Oh, it's, uh, wow. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, her daughter punched you in the face, like, much later. Yeah. <laughs> my, niece, my niece punched me in the face last year. <laughs> I do, I, I'm feeling a lot better now. That's great. <laughs> I caused my sister to get a concussion, so that's oh, what wow. I did. But it was only because I, I, I was told explicitly that she was not allowed on the top of the bunk bed and then as soon as my mum left the room I went hey come on the top of the bunk bed and she <laughs> fell out and hit her head ah. so it was my fault that's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> this thing that you're not supposed yeah, to yeah I was a very bad older sister <laughs> um I I love in this scene that we get the moment where Matt where Matt basically decides that maybe he admits that maybe Frank's way is needed just this once and he crosses himself before he says it because he would yeah. i love that little touch it's so great because he's super catholic that's yeah he's i like catholic. it I like, it's hilarious i don't know if I that's like already oh, go ahead sorry man oh sorry no you can go i don't know please so, sir well i don't know if it, <laughs> i don't know if it already happened or not but he's like i don't take much on faith these, yeah that was the madam gaussian i don't take much on faith these days and i'm like except god <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I go to confession before I, you know, hurt somebody, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. No, I, I, I for me, I was like, um, I, I like the touch of him crossing himself. I thought that was cool and everything, but I just was like, what exactly pushed Daredevil to say to think, okay, now this is the case where I'm going to start killing people. Like, no, he uh, didn't say he's going to start killing people. He's going to let Frank kill this guy. Whereas every time before, okay. he's tried to stop Frank. Like when Frank was going to kill bd decoy he threw the hammer at frank's hand so frank couldn't kill him but i think he wasn't going he wasn't going to kill the guy he was going to let frank kill the guy which to him um because i think he feels maybe that there are so many other big things happening uh this is the way i saw it that you know his 
if he can diffuse this situation he, i mean daredevil's also got madame gal who he's just discovered is alive who's a a big threat he's also got the hands he's got nobu back he's got all this other crazy stuff going on um that he needs to be dealing with so maybe just this once he's going to be like okay yeah let's do this one time your way because i have bigger fish to fry that's how i saw it kind of like reflecting earlier in the episode where claire was just like it's not your city anymore yeah maybe maybe like he's like you know what maybe maybe i can just let this guy run rampant while i take care of ninjas yeah or is he gonna help him i don't know and i think to matt as well someone dying out of his inaction is as bad as him killing someone like that's right. how he would see it yeah. because like we said he's catholic he's super catholic yeah yeah, yeah. I really hope there's going to be a way to tie both these huge things going on together, because it's so weird that it's like there's two different shows going on right now. <laughs> um, Frank pushes Matt overboard. Um, when these guys turn up and they start shooting Frank, they say to him, it's been a long time, and they know his name. What's going on, guys? Yeah. These oh, are the guys, guys that came to Frank's unit. house, right? Oh, yeah, sorry. they're from his unit. Mmm. The guy that's at the front, the blonde guy, I thought he looked like uh, Tommy Walker. So for so, for a minute, when I first saw this episode, I was like, oh, Francis is back! <laughs> Just because I want Francis to come back from season one. But He looked like the wasn't. main henchman in the movie Tomorrow Never Dies, but nobody's going to get that right. What, the guy with the diamonds in his face? Him? No, no, that's Die Another Day. Oh, what's Tomorrow Never, <laughs> Tomorrow Dies? Never Dies? Well, the High Sparrow is the uh, Oh, audience. yeah! The and High there's, Sparrow. there's like, this like, Euro guy. <clears throat> oh, I do remember, yeah. That's also the one with... Oh, no, it's not. I'm thinking which is the one with uh, Robert Carlyle, who's got, like, oh, no sense of feeling. Oh, not enough. Oh, I can't, I can't work out what any of the... The only one... The only Pierce Brosnan Bond film I like is Goldeneye, because it has Sean Beam doing what he does best, which is double-crossing people and dying. Yeah, and dying. <laughs> the two things he does best. <laughs> that was one of his best, one of his best uh, deaths ever. Oh, have I told... Um, I don't know if I've told you guys. Yeah, he gets crushed by a giant satellite. It's awesome. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Such a good death. So in the next scene, Stick is told that Electra has killed the Frenchman and that that he now knows that she's going to come for him. Uh, So he sends the men to get him what he needs. Huh? Which is what? That the henchman is into uh, bestiality as well. What? What? They say Jacques screwed the pooch. Oh, yeah. Oh God! Oh, Robin, that's uh, terrible. Out. Yeah. No, that big, that big, um, that big stick with a little hook on the end is coming for you from off stage, Robin. <laughs> so apparently, apparently, stick lives in a library. It looks like it. Yeah, it does in a basement of a library. Yeah, or something. that's pretty cool. I was like, try, I was like, does he like? Where is he? Is he? Because he's obviously in New York. So is he in like the basement of like the giant library from Ghostbusters? Because that would be cool. New York Public Library. Yeah, the New York Public. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that one. Like, is that where he lives? Um, and who are these two guys? I've never seen them before. Have you? No. Well, was, I think one of them was the driver from the episode where they're being chased, and we. I remember we mentioned oh. that the the driving the chase scene was cool because you could actually see inside the car. I think one isn't chase, one of them chase. the driver, the chase cha- okay. the chase chase yeah. <laughs> but uh, who are they in relation to Stick? That's just what I. I'm guessing they're just members of the chase. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Yeah, wacky lackeys. Um, uh, but um, they don't last long because Electra, we think, kills both of them. With her size. Oh, they deliver the message. <laughs> Just Where was the... Electra's oh, blah, 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 coming for tip. <laughs> Yeah. Where, is, where is he sending these people? He just says to go and get them what he needs, but he doesn't say what it is or where it is. They just they just know. So I don't know where he's sending them. Yeah, there's some sort of point. because they get like like attacked right outside sticks, and then the one who doesn't get killed drives to Matt Murdock's place. So we don't know unless unless the plan was always to go to Matt Murdock's place because the thing that Stick needs is Matt. Hmm. Luckily, Matt's just sitting on his couch waiting for somebody to show up. He's sitting on the couch and he's like brooding like Angel. Brooding. <laughs> yeah. He's not like passed out after being exhausted from a really long day of fighting and being pushed off of boats and fighting ninjas and jumping out windows. That's all on a day for Matt Murdock. That's a Tuesday. Come on. Yeah. Um, so before that, Karen and Brett arrive at Pier 81 and the boat is burning. And um, Matt's still dressed as dead. Everyone, he's hiding and listening. And we get the line, Frank, why? And I really didn't like that line. I really didn't like it. I, I was like, we, I, I don't know. I just I just felt we could see it from her facial expression. We didn't need it. Like, are we to be convinced that like, she thinks Frank blew himself up on the boat? Is that what? I think so. Which is what he kind of did. I mean, you know, he stayed Frank. on the boat. Frank Porque. Porque. <laughs> Pourquoi? Uh, like, why did they bring the civilian to this crime scene with the explosions going off? Because... I know. So stupid. Like, I was like, why is she even there? It's like the most dangerous spot right now. Frank, why? Why didn't they get her out of the city and take her to Jersey? To lay low in Jersey somewhere? The boat lets off another one of those explosions, and she's just standing there, and nobody's like grabbing her and pulling her away. <laughs> Even Matt, who's hiding. Yeah, there's just a bit of debris that flies and just squashes Karen. <laughs> she's standing yeah, there. She, Brett's like, satellite "Oops!" Satellite falls on her. <laughs> satellite falls on her. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, so Claire bumps into Foggy while leaving Metro General, and basically says that she's been fired. Oh, did she quit? Sorry. Um, yeah, that was a very quick scene. But I always like these two interacting. I think it's cute. Um, so we find out what's happened to Daniel, son of Stan. Uh, he sits there in a bathtub with the other kids and lets his wrist be cut open with a katana and bleeds out. And then Nobu is waiting nearby. So what do you think's going on? Because he says, oh, now it's ready. Yeah, right. like 20 seconds after he cuts that kid's wrist, he like, now it's ready. The blood didn't even have time to get over there. But I guess the other kids had been bleeding <laughs> for longer. For nothing. <laughs> I think they're... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go on, go on. I think they're like... There's like a blood golem in that sarcophagus. <laughs> like a wow. like a super ninja made out of blood. <laughs> yeah, something. It's like something that will only... It's like a, like, I don't know, like a vampire or something. Mm. Like, like, it's like a mega vampire that can only be awoken by the blood of many. <laughs> so it's like the um, it's the character. What was the character out of uh, Spider-Man, Matt? Uh, Mo- Mobius. Morbius. Morbius. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there is the vampire in Spider-Man, Mel. 
But don't yeah. but don't they not have blood anymore? I thought it was like chemicals or something. Yeah, well, it's like a chemical mix. I don't know. That's <laughs> not medically possible. No. <laughs> magic ninjas, Mel. Magic ninjas. All right, I guess. <laughs> so. What's in the urn? What's in the urn? <laughs> Meanwhile, well, as I said to Peter Shinkoda, it's Nobu's giant gingerbread, um, gingerbread. Uh, no, Nobu's giant cookie jar of blood magic or something that's yeah. what i called it when we were discussing it <laughs> um so matt is brooding in the dark at home and then he hears ty screeching outside and then Stick's driver says ah, she's found him and then oh. matt goes matt goes i this made me laugh because because he's like she's found him she's found stick and matt says who and the driver kind of looks at him as if to go. Who do you think? <laughs> and then yeah, dies. Right. You're like I'm dying here. Yeah. <laughs> Karen. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> be like okay. And in the last scene, Stick sharpens his katana and waits, and then Electra arrives with her size, and they prepare to fight. Oh what? I will we'll find out. Is this happening? Okay. Well, because because okay. Electra knows that Stick put a hit out on her. I know, but why do you do that? <laughs> well, I, I know. Megan knows. I know. Yeah. <laughs> this is so frustrating because you know, it, it, again, I think they're like padding out a little bit. They're stretching things out. They're mm-hmm. not giving as many answers because they're gonna answer it all hopefully in the next couple episodes. But you know, it's not all gonna come out in the next episode. So it's almost like I'm like. Can we just, like, do a double episode next week? <laughs> nope. Nope. God damn it. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Two more weeks for you. <sighs> I I have to say, when he was sharpening this katana and he was doing a little preparation and putting the, the water on the stone, I, I, I really, I, I found it really relaxing watching it. I was like, it was like when you watch an episode of Hannibal and he's preparing food. I could just watch, like, a supercut of Hannibal preparing food and stick sharpening his katana. Someone make me that supercut. <laughs> it was really relaxing. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. Okay, well, we've reached the end of the episode, so this is where we would discuss Easter eggs. However, guys, I hope you've had a big lunch because I don't have any Easter eggs for this week. Oh. I had a gigantic breakfast. So yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, because uh, for some reason there wasn't any Easter eggs for this week. So I didn't, and I didn't notice any while watching the episode apart from the mention of Warzone. Which isn't really mm-hmm. an Easter egg, but that was it. So I'm sorry, guys. The Stick's henchman had uh, uh, 12 uh, blood capsules in his mouth, and that was actually the number of issues that Daredevil had before this character came. I'm <laughs> 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 just trying to make some up. Yes. He did have a lot of blood capsules in his mouth. Well, 12 though. divided by 3 is the number 4. Yeah. And issue 4 of Daredevil was the introduction of the Purple Man. Played in Jessica Jones by David Tennant, who is my future husband. <laughs> so there you go. There's a link. Girl, <laughs> <laughs> not gonna hide it. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yes. Yay. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna podcast about it. Reason I wanted to see it anyway. What Jessica Jones? Oh, he was so good in that. Yeah, no, he's. He's adorable. If anyone hasn't seen the video I posted on the Facebook group of him answering questions about Marvel. Um, seriously, it's only like a couple of minutes long, but watch it because he's so adorable in it. I was like, oh, yeah. Aww. <laughs> so now it's time for quotes. Uh, so, Megan, did you have any quotes or do you want someone else to go first? Uh, I'm going to have to think about it. 
That's fine. I'm, I think Robin has loads by the sounds of it. So, Robin, you can go first. I love you're just giggling uh, like, yes, I have so many. <laughs> my quotes are uh, from the diner scene, and this is what the subtitles say. <laughs> Gunshot, grunts, yelling, gunshots, both grunting. Man screams, <laughs> groaning, groans, panting, groans, groaning, grunting, panting. The blacksmith, where is he? Screw you. Gunshot. <laughs> Go to hell. Okay. Okay. Grunting. Coughing. I want a place. Coughs. 41st Street. The pier. I can take you. Gunshot. Whimpers softly. Can I follow that yes. by the last scene where uh, the guy is like, uh, she, she knows where stick is. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys should get work as Foley artists, seriously, because that was the best sound effects of dying I've ever heard. It just sounds like a car that won't start. (laughs) It sounds like one of those cartoon cars. It sounds like... Like those cars that actually have like a face, <laughs> <laughs> like a Roger Rabbit car, like Benny the Cab from Roger Rabbit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, do I have a quote? Uh, 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 oh, this is Karen and Frank. You're such an arsehole. Yeah, you got that right. <laughs> I just love that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyone else? Megan, do you have any quotes? Ah. <sighs> It's there are so many, but the the whole dialogue between um, Madame Gao and Daredevil is just like, okay, let's just pause and uh, have this quiet discussion about you know, calm discussion about uh, how I'm going to take you out, and uh, but I'm not going to lay a finger on you right now. Yeah, <laughs> but that part was funny. That will be in the next episode, right, Megan? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I have another one, which is, <laughs> I've got another one, which is Frank in the diner, which is, ma'am, can I ask, do you guys always serve bullshit here or is it just her? I like that one as well. Oh, yeah, that was one. I forgot about that one. That's that was cool. Um, Matt and Mel? I got nothing. I already did one. Whoa. Robin? <laughs> okay, Robin must have another one. one. I know, I know you have another one. one. Okay. Just finish it. Finish it. Oh, that's what you want. Here it comes. <laughs> Don't shoot him, Frank! Frank! <laughs> oh, for Christ's sake, get out of here, Red! I just oh, love the exasperation in Frank Castle's I know, and when, whenever he calls Daredevil Red, it makes my heart grow three sizes in my chest, like the Grinch. Like, it makes me so happy. I'm like, oh, Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, now it's time for some feedback. We have two emails from listeners. Robin, do you want to read Heidi's? Sure. Can we do it in my Punisher voice? My (laughs) voice? (laughs) Both are terrifying, so... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, guys! Uh, Daredevil needs a grappling hook like Batman. It takes way too long to climb the stairs. (laughs) True that. No, Foggy, don't give up on Nelson and Murdoch. I still hate that all of them are working or resting, in Foggy's case, on their own. Melanie Gow has returned! (laughs) (laughs) Wow, and I thought Fisk was brutal. Poor Karen having to listen to all that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, Claire is Claire is our of uh, oh out of a job. Now she can go into 
patching up superheroes full time. That's my plan. <laughs> uh, uh, hashtag clubbing. <laughs> um, Matt, Matt and Frank almost came to an understanding before things started blowing up. Frank realizes that he is too far gone and that if Matt comes around to his side, he can't go back. Until next time, Heidi. Thanks, Heidi. I I agree. I think like we were saying earlier as well, it's it, it's that realization from Matt's side that that there's bigger fish to fry, like I said earlier, and that maybe he has to let Frank have have this one time. But yeah, Frank, I think does realize how far he's gone. Maybe that's why he he pushes Karen away at the end of that diner scene because you know just moments before he's saying about how like his wife and he's saying they used to sing Earth, Wind, and Fire to each other and stuff, and then you just kind of you know she sees him as this monster that he is almost so i think you're all right tidy uh melanie gal yeah i got a present for you oh. it's a little email that's entitled hi i'm sedna and i can see a way through this which is good we were worried about you there for a while sedna uh i'm gonna put that in skype there you go okay uh where am i it starts ninjas versus yeah. nurses. All right. Ninjas versus nurses versus c- creepy blood donor farm children. I'd go and see that. <laughs> Quote, I'm not yours to protect. Bam, Karen. Oof. <laughs> She's got Ben's car now as well as his job. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Well, we said she's going to get a face transplant in the season finale. Right, Megan? <laughs> <laughs> wink wink say no more yeah <laughs> episode 13 born again yeah hey, i thought it was because we we're gonna get the storyline no she's karen is born again as karen urich <laughs> <laughs> and then she says castle in the diner but she spelled castle with a k mm. that's the ship the ship uh oh yeah oh wow really i didn't even yeah, realize that I, 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 just the ship itself. I'm like, oh. I think that and ship that has is... gone down, just like the ship in uh, got exploded at the end of this episode, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> so castle in the diner. There's chemistry there, undoubtedly. But I see them more as fa- fa- father and daughter. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, and you just like <laughs> use their shipping name, but then you're like seeing father daughter, which. Yeah. paternal advice he knows she loves Matt and tries to convince her that he's worthy of her love even if it causes her harm almost sounds almost like he's endorsing abusive relationships here yes but there's (laughs) no doubt just being in love can cause pain and misery fuck K castle (laughs) punish her ship's care devil (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine uh, Frank walking Karen down the aisle and like like you know to, to, to give her to be married to Daredevil. But it would have to be, like, he'd have to have, like, a really bruised face. <laughs> Here's the thing about chemistry, though. Like, Deborah Ann Wall is so goddamn hot. She has chemistry with, like, every single person she's in a scene with. Like, anybody. Well, so is Charlie, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which suits the character of Daredevil, because... Right. You know, yeah. I really don't think that's true for Charlie. Well, no. maybe not for... Charlie the person. I mean, for the character of Matt, I don't think he has chemistry with anybody. I think he's kind of a douche. I don't know. 
He's definitely, he's definitely more of like, and I know a lot of people have said this, like the character of Matt is more of an asshole in this season, in season two. Um, never, you never see him having a good time. He's just always... Always like, he's always withdrawn. Grumpy. And, he's yeah. worse than Angel. <laughs> <laughs> what about when he went to the, on the date with Karen? He went to the Indian restaurant. Aww. That was one instance. It doesn't erase a whole season of this feeling for me. He's so happy when he's beating up ninjas, Matt. <laughs> that's the thing, though. You, you go to every single time that he's with Karen. That's the, re- the reason that that chemistry is there is because Deborah Ann Wall is so damn good. Um, but I, I can't say that in uh, Megan's uh, Skype picture. There's definitely some chemistry there. Um, <laughs> I, wish. I wish. I can sense something. I wish. I think there's something <laughs> Megan's not telling us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mel. That's all right. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever, man. Back to Sedna's email. I'm just going to keep painting my tree here. Like a <laughs> happy, happy little time. <laughs> happy little trees. <laughs> man, oh. Shutter paints. Shutter paints. Maybe, maybe I am the product of a child between Madame Gao and, and Bob Ross. Bob Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I have, you have curly hair, guys. I have told you before that um, my art shop that I work in, we're trying to convince my boss to let us get a shop cat, and we want to call it Bob Ross <laughs> as a cat, because I just want a cat called Bob Ross. Your, your last name is that? Your uh, your full name is Melanie uh, Roscow. <laughs> Roscow. Melanie Roscow. Yeah. Oh, back to Sedna's email. Uh, she actually mentions you in the next line, Mel. She does slightly gratuitous appearance from uh, Madame Gao here. Is this just because she's being lined up to appear in Iron Fist? I hope so. Now Claire's, now Claire's telling Metro General where to stick their damn job so she can go and live in Harlem and hang out with Luke Cage. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Matt's crashing the Punisher's boat party trying to spoil his gun fun. This is the in the running for most unten- un- unintentionally funny scene of the season. <laughs> I reckon Matt blundering into the cabin, hands up, don't shoot him, Frank! Oh, for Christ's sake! Then Punisher's kicking seven <laughs> shades out of him on the deck, yelling, Mind your own goddamn business, Red! <laughs> and they fight and argue for a bit, and they're, whoops, Matt overboard! Splash! And the boat blows up. Comedy gold. <laughs> <laughs> That was oh. funny for reasons that shouldn't have been funny when that went over the side. Yeah, that was funny. Chase Chauffeur Services Incorporated driving under the influence of a slit throat. Never <laughs> a good idea. Even if your front bumper isn't hanging off, at least it gets the attention of the local ninja vigilante. There's lucky for you. That's it. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, Sedna. Yeah, thanks. Awesome. Thanks, guys, for your feedback, as always. We love reading it and love hearing your thoughts. Um, so now it is time for us to score this episode. Uh, so, Robin, do you want to go first, just so um, Megan can get a feel of how we score stuff around here? <laughs> I'm just throwing you yeah, under the you boat. Know. Under the boat, under the bus. Comedy. You want to be in a good '80s comedy with us, so we can all show you how to score. Um, (laughs) uh, I'm I'm hoping you guys uh, all uh, give it eight out of ten because I'm going to give it a zero, so we can have three eight zero. (laughs) 
Um, no, there is as much complaining as I've done. I there are great points in this uh, episode, uh, as in that badass fight at the beginning. I uh, I love the frustrated uh, romance between Punisher and Daredevil on the uh, the deck of the ship. There, <laughs> they did look like uh, they were going to make out at one point. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's just the me watching it going. <laughs> yeah. I was just surprised they threw gas all over the place. He threw gas over the place, and they're rolling around the boat. And, like, and you know, they're both they both get set on fire by mm. accident. Um, uh, and of course, yeah, that that great scene with uh, 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 Daredevil and uh, Melanie Gao uh, was awesome too. So I'm just gonna give it uh, 7.5 out of 10 blood capsules. Cool, um, Mel. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't really care for this episode that much. Oh, even though you were in it, there's a lot of problems with it. Yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give it a uh, five out of ten spoonfuls of hospital yogurt. <laughs> Did you have a problem with the obvious what? padding now? Like what? <laughs> Did you have a did you have a problem with the obvious padding like Yeah. It's yeah, so and just like just like the the like uh, some of the storyline just got stupid for me and I just didn't really like it. Let's put, bring this anonymous bureaucrat to throw things off and Well, that didn't bother me so much, but it's just other stuff. Yeah. Okay. Like just and just like the obvious exposition and all this stuff like I don't know. Cool. It's uh, not necessary to always explain everything to us. <laughs> Yeah. Ten episodes or write better. Just saying. Yeah. I don't think well I do you know what though? I've said before, I do I do kind of think that between eight and ten episodes is the perfect length for a TV series. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. But I like the I mean I'm I'm just I'm so glad they didn't decide to make the Netflix shows, you know, like a twenty four episode season you know like yeah, like arrow. something like, like arrow or, like or yeah exactly where there is so much padding um but then i think i think six episodes is too short so yeah like yeah i think maybe 10 episodes is that sweet spot robin yeah. i agree uh matt yeah. um this was like the most violent episode i found i'm pretty sure like what about the prison blood, episode blood and guts when he was know. killing people with his little pineapple shiv yeah well that was a bigger body count but this one was more he is closer to food yeah, yeah, you ruined a lot of food in this episode. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess that one was pretty bloody too, but this one was also very bloody. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a problem with that, but uh, yeah. So that the violence was cool, but yeah, there was just uh, some padding, like Robin said. So uh, I'll give it a seven out of ten buckets of blood. Buckets of blood, awesome. Um, Megan, do you want to go next? Okay. Um, action was awesome. Um, the scenes with Madame Gower were, were great. Um, things with Punisher were kind of funny when they shouldn't have been, but uh, <laughs> I think their intentions were good. Um, <laughs> I, I think I same. I'd probably give it seven out of ten. Uh, Katana's. <laughs> awesome. 
Um, and yeah, I think I'm going to give it a seven as well. I I really liked a lot of the stuff. Um, I like the stuff between Punisher and Karen, and it kind of wraps up their sort of you know budding relationship, friendship type thing. I I kind of like that. The stuff with Claire at the hospital, it was great to have Rosario Dawson in it, but it, it did feel like they that was padding, but they had to do it in order to set up for Luke Cage. Um, but some of it, uh, I, I feel like we could have focused on other stuff instead. I would like for there to be more focus on the whole thing with Stick and Electra than just the end of the episode. Uh, but there was bits I liked. I loved Foggy and Marcy because they're adorable. Um, so I'm going to give it 7 out of 10 Earth, Wind and Fire, Frank Castle karaoke parties. Because <laughs> I want to see that. It will be adorable. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we have our worst at rated episode of the series. <laughs> 6.7. Oh, it's still it's above 5. So I guess that's fine. I, th- I don't think it was a bad episode. I think it was a bad oh. episode for for Daredevil. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, so I, uh, what am I going to do now? Oh, sorry. I was, I was distracted by my notes. So now, um, we want to thank Megan for being our very special guest this week at very short notice. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Megan. Give you an applause again. Good job. Yeah. And, um, and thank, yeah, thank you for stepping in sort of at such short notice. And this is also your first podcast, I believe. Yes. Yes. You did so well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, and is there anything that you do online that you would like to promote, like any blogs or anything like that, or where um, people can I'm find on you on Twitter? Twitter, mm-hmm. Twitter um, everybody in Daredevil fandom and Charlie Cox fandom is like following me now. So <laughs> at E A L A S A I D seven six on Twitter. Excellent. Cool. And I think we're following you. If we're not, then I shall amend that very shortly, um, as in our Defenders podcast. I think we are. Um, Awesome. And um, will you be interested coming back for Daredevil Season 3, if we get a Season 3? Oh, most definitely, yes. Excellent. So, um, lovely co-host, do you have anything you would like to plug this week that you've been up to? Go ahead, Rob's Peak Season 4 is going on. <laughs> Check us out. I can't believe you're up podcast. to Season 4 already. This is how to watch a show. You watch four episodes at a time, sometimes five if you feel like it's taking Man. forever. Man. Just just blow through it. Talk about the major points and get it done. Oof. I couldn't do you the notes to for that. every single thing. Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what are you guys going to do after Dawson's Creek? Creek. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, not for Dawson's Creek. <laughs> what, what are you guys covering off once you finish Dawson's Creek? Um, well, not many people know this, but I guess I'll, I'll bring it out. It's going to be a major crossover event with the iZombie podcast. Basically, I'm going to produce the same show for both feeds because iZombie is being pushed off to the beginning of 2017. Uh, so we're filling that in, and we're celebrating the fact that Ali Machaka is now a series regular on iZombie by covering the first and only season of her hit CW show. Not really a hit because it got canceled. Uh, Hellcats. Ooh. We're gonna blow through 22 episodes of that in like five, four or five episodes. I never oh saw God. Hellcats. Uh, me either. Tom Welling produced it. Uh, all I know is cheerleaders and and drums. I believe be Brad's a, a fan of it, I think. 
I think All he right. was a fan. I don't know. Uh, I, I hear Hellcats. I think of, um, you know, Patsy Walker from Jessica Jones. So. Yeah, I'm, me too. I'm hoping she shows up. That would be cool. Uh, network. <laughs> Matt and Mel, have you been up to anything unusual this week, podcast-wise? Uh, no, not this week, but uh, Matt is wrong about games is still out there, and Twin Peaks podcast, and Hooplecast, Deadwood podcast. Awesome. Cool. So now it's time for us to predict what might happen in next week's episode. Um, obviously not not me and you, Megan. We don't need to. <laughs> so next week's episode is The Dark at the End of the Tunnel. What do you guys think is going to happen? Uh, no hope at all is going to feel, you're going to feel like, what am I doing this for? Who, you know, who am I? Where, where am I going to, where am I going with the show? And then, you know, you'd be like, oh man, you know, I, I thought I was going to get some sort of answers here, but no. <laughs> well, that's just you. Yeah, I'm going to get any answers. Just you, Robin. <laughs> Either that or it's going to be like, uh, you know, Daredevil's going to fight Damien Dark. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Damien Dark? He's from Arrow. Oh, well, he's waiting at the end of a tunnel? Yes. With Donnie Darko? <laughs> and Pennywise. Oh, Pennywise. Oh, it's still my heart. Uh, okay. When you... Just when you thought that Daredevil couldn't get any blinder, he gets blinder. <laughs> Is that possible? Yes. Okay. Well, but yeah, fair you know, you might be onto something there because there was this whole thing in like the first or second episode of the oh. season where all of a sudden he like lost all his senses. Yeah, uh, and it only only seemed to happen around broken glass. He hasn't come across any more broken glass. I guess. It's gonna happen. <laughs> or no, he did. He, he broke through the glass in the window. Someone is gonna true. drop their bottle of coke, and he's gonna be like, no. World. <laughs> <laughs> so you think things are going to get even worse for him next episode? But it, we ended this episode with Stick versus Electris. What do you think is going to happen there? Electris going to carve out Stick's eyes. No way. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, because he's going to just get blinder. No, he's going <laughs> to carve out his nose and his ears, so he can't smell or hear. That's, that's it's going to get know. darker for him. I mean, she, <laughs> that's yeah. dark, Mel. It's dark. Okay. <laughs> She's got size, and he's got a katana, and the sides are specifically used for... For gouging eyes out? No, for, ca- for catching a katana and, <laughs> yeah. and disarming a foe. Kai, yeah, size are actually defense weapons. They're not offensive weapons. Oh, well, okay, next well, week we'll it's going to be Raphael versus Leonardo. <laughs> <gasps> oh, it will! I didn't think of that. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, we know that Raphael is uh, Chris Brewster's favorite Ninja Turtle, so um, I guess we should cheer on Electra. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I should. I always like Leonardo. I, I like Donatello the best. I like Order. <laughs> Donatello's the geeky one. I like him, and he's got an awesome <laughs> bow staff. It's cool. Um, I should say as well, Megan, we it's our tradition to end every episode with our guests taking us out with a hearty Excelsior in honour of Stan Lee. Um, would you like to take us out with a hearty Excelsior? I'm just throwing this at you now and I forgot to tell you about it beforehand. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, let's see. Make him proud. Excelsior! Oh, that was a good one. Yay! Yay. <laughs> see you next week, guys. Bye! Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. 
Defenders podcast is created under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported international license. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!